0: Thank you guys. Good morning. I have been studying this for the past few weeks and it's changed so many times. Let me just get my notes out. <laughs> Copious notes. You've all got until Christmas, haven't you? I'll get those as well. oh yeah. Right. Okay. So, the Lord's Prayer. And we started with Mark, doing the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and he very... Um, He made sure that we all knew that it's our Father. And yet, having said that, when I'm alone in the mornings and I have the chance, and because I'm retired, I have a lot of time, it's my Father, my Father. And I know He's listening to me directly, but we just prayed it together. He's our Father. And he hears every single one of us, he hears every heartbeat, and that is so reassuring. Right, so that was the first week. And then we had the second week, Sam spoke on the kingdom of God, his kingdom. Yes, it's within us, but it's everywhere. We bump into it all the time, and it's amazing. I was just speaking to our friend over there before and he said he had to go to deliver something and he saw two old ladies talking about God. Whoa. So he walked up to them and he said, hello. I just want you to know I believe in God as well. He's everywhere. We just need to appreciate that, don't we? And then Lynn spoke about our daily bread and it isn't just bread. It's all our needs. It's everything we have, everything we need. And so here we are. We've arrived at forgiveness. Wow. It's such a big thing. And so I thought I'd start with looking it up in the dictionary. Okay. Oh, it comes from Latin. Perdonare, or to pardon To give completely without reservation. End of story. But not just to one. To forgive. Everyone. Wow. That is the crunch, isn't it? No payment required. Now, I brought some receipts along. I've got little ones. For a couple of paracetamol, and then once a month I go to Tesco's, right? And I get wallpaper, okay, because that's all how much I have. But you know what? It's all paid for. Everything in my cupboards, in my fridge, in my freezer, under the stairs, it's all paid for. I paid, for, I was able to pay for it. That is a receipt. And if anybody came to me and said, oh, you didn't pay for the uh, onions, you know. I said, oh, there it is, <laughs> paid for, paid for. So, all this singing about Jesus forgiving, all this absolute, absoluteness of God. How do we know? How do we know? That it's complete. Does God give with measure? Does he give to you with measure? Does he love you with measure? Does he forgive you with measure? Is it only a little bit he forgives? It, or a big bit but just a little bit he holds back? Because we do that, don't we? Oh, I forgive that. I did that. You know, I'm not forgiving that. God wipes out the blame. Absolutely. You know, you can buy just about anything these days, but the Beatles sang, you can't buy me love. But we know for a fact, we can't buy love, but we know that it's free from God. Absolutely free. No hesitation at all. Pure love of the Father for mankind. And how? Did he buy it what was his receipt there's god's receipt for the world for me my god did that for me our god he did it for us corporately that's our receipt prices paid absolutely with no hesitation everything Pure love of the Father, paid in full by Jesus on the cross. Jesus is our proof of purchase. In other words, he bought us. I'm paid for everything I've ever done. And and it's funny, you know, because people say, oh, he's a good man. Or she's a good lady. And you have to remember that Jesus said, no one is good. Wow. No one but the Father is good. So when we ask for forgiveness, are we just asking for oh because I bumped that lady's car, or or because I um, I snarled at my husband, and it happens? <laughs> um, no, it's absolute, and it's paid in full. All right. Now, one of the things that uh, I went through, and I'm sure all of you went through, was um, repentance, that act of realizing that you've done wrong, that act of, uh, well, Lord, I've done this or done that. But there was a point in my life, when I was 20, when I was made aware that the little, oh, I'm sorry for this, and I'm sorry for that, and I'm I'm sorry for the other, isn't enough. It has to be, just as Jesus gave completely, I have to give completely. I have to ask for that forgiveness. Not that little measure when I've done something wrong, but that completeness, that, that huge vessel of completeness, That Jesus has given on the cross, His blood shed for us. And we go further than that. Oh, yeah, God wants more. He doesn't want to just forgive you, He expects us to forgive others. Oh, boy, that can be hard. That can be very hard. But you see, this condition. There's a condition about forgiveness and God says it very deliberately. When he says, it goes on after the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, to say, there's a reason you have to forgive. So I can forgive you completely. Because God cannot forgive. You know, to be able to say God cannot do something but it's it's his being, it's his it's his structure, it's his makeup. God cannot forgive if we don't forgive. And that really hurts. Because we want so much to have his forgiveness, but oh how can I possibly forgive that person who's wronged me? And it hurts. It really hurts. Yeah. We all know the story of the prodigal son. In Arthur's Concordance, there's a wonderful picture of um, seven steps down and a plateau, and seven steps up. And all the seven steps down are things like selfishness, self-will, all that sort of stuff. And then he reaches the plateau. And the plateau is the pigsty. It's where he realized, I have done wrong. I've been so abusive to my father. I've done wrong. And so the steps start back up. Repentance, redemption, (coughs) and seven things going back up until he is reclaimed by the father. I love this picture because in the Bible it says, while he was still a long way off, he saw his son and he began to run. The old man runs to his son. The old man hugs his son, forgives him completely. He doesn't even listen to his son as his son is trying to say, I'm sorry, Father, for all that I've done. I did this and I did that. And and the father, no, you're here. You were dead, you were dead, and now you're here, you're with me. Right. Right, I I have three younger brothers and a younger sister. I also have three sons, and many a time I've seen them like this, (laughs) and we brought them in and we've uh, washed them, given them a bath, and so on. And um, the the really funny thing is, I've done that, Mum. I don't need a bath. I only need my hands washed, Mum. And the thing is, Jesus says that to his disciples. He says, you only need to wash your hands. What on earth does he mean by that? Why do they only need to wash their hands? Because he has cleansed them within completely but there is things we do from day to day that could be wrong and we do wrong don't we all of us so we get our hands dirty as it were and so we have to wash our hands now I don't know about you but I must wash my hands about 12 times a day doing different things but spiritually I need that time with God to wash my hands I don't want any dirt from yesterday left over today in my life so I wash my hands and when I do that I get that hug I get that hug from God that says I've forgiven you anyway I've forgiven you absolutely and The other thing about forgiveness is in some places, forgiveness becomes um, almost like a ritual, like a passport. Okay, that's been stamped, Uh, right, I can go do it again. Or um, I don't need to be that careful. But forgiveness isn't like that. Forgiveness is a total cleansing element that comes and washes over you. And there we are, in the arms of God, forgiven, and the next day comes and, oh dear, we fall out with somebody, or we say that little thing we shouldn't have said, or we do that little thing we shouldn't have done, and we hold the grudge, It's like that red bee, that was brilliant, that was absolutely brilliant. And we sit there fuming. Well, they're gonna come and say they're sorry or else. And it doesn't happen. And so you go on fuming and you get redder and redder like the bee. Until at last, just like the prodigal son, you hit the pigsty and you have to realize it's me. My attitude is wrong. The bee had a choice, didn't it? In the end, he decided I want to be friends. I want to do what I usually do. And we are the same. We have a choice. Sometimes the choice can take years. My eldest brother, the last time I saw him I was 14. And I've never seen him since because of anger. It breaks my heart, he died about 12 years ago, never saw him, never saw him at all. And the really sad thing is, um, there was an accident when I was two where I broke a leg and he blamed himself. When I was 60, I got the one Christmas card. It's the only thing I ever had from him when I was 60, so that's nearly 20 years ago. Gosh. Anyway, (laughs) and the Christmas card said, I'm sorry I broke your leg. And all I could think was, he's had this on his heart for 58 years. So I, I wrote back to him. Don't know how it impressed him or not. Don't let it go too long. Because you end up Being sorry. It was not me that my brother fell out with, but it felt like it because he was there one minute and he was gone the next, walking away from the entire family. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Our children, my goodness, we've had three boys that have all at one time been teenagers, okay? Some of you will know what that's like, some of you don't know yet. Prepare yourselves, okay? We've got a, a granddaughter who's just become 14, and we're very aware she's a teenager. She's a good girl, but she's very quiet, and withdrawn, and dresses in black. And uh, where we used to have this little chatty girl coming and telling us everything, now it's, yeah okay thanks grandma and that's what we get but underneath is this vibrant little woman dying to get out god is so good because she hasn't done anything wrong she's just going through a stage and i think we have to realize that sometimes people just want to be alone just want to be you know to have their own time and we have to appreciate that and that's another part of the whole forgiveness thing is what's our attitude like are we like that be taking offense because somebody won't converse with us talk to us or are we realizing they need their space they're going through something and I need to appreciate that Right, so, let me just get where I'm up to. Aha, here's the one. The accuser, and we all know who that is, Satan. But he doesn't use his own fingers, does he? He uses your partner, your children, your teacher. He abuses other people to get at you. To remind you what you've done in the past. Even lying in bed at night, you think, I did that. Oh my goodness. And I never said sorry. Or, "Mm, yeah. Do I even say sorry? Do they realize I've done it? Hmm. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. This is the life we live. We live a life where Satan is... Continuously, every moment of every day, he is throwing his fiery darts at us. He is constantly telling God of the wrong we have done. He's telling him about the last argument I had with Arthur. <laughs> telling him about the uh, oh I don't know whatever I've done in the past and. It goes into my head, and my head is reeling with the remembrance of what I've done wrong. And yet, I've been forgiven. What's the sense in that? What's the sense of replaying the old tunes of the violin? Oh, woe is me, I've done wrong. When God has forgiven us so mercifully, so wonderfully, he's forgiven us. And we have the choice, again, choices, to realize God doesn't measure. God, let me show you something. It's a measuring spoon for salt. okay? And I found these, and I've got one for each of you afterwards. Because I want you to remember that God doesn't measure love. And God doesn't measure forgiveness. God doesn't measure his mercy. We've got a choice to realize there's no measuring. There's no measuring whatsoever. I've been teaching the juniors and enjoying it so much. We've been going through the armor of God and um, they are just drinking it in Loving it, I hope, anyway. They seem to, seem to. But, uh, yeah. But one of the things that I noticed today was somebody coming for communion who's never done it before but realizes he's forgiven because he's been taught it. He had learned to appreciate the Word of God from the pulpit or from the teacher And so he realized that what is said is true. And so he was able to come and get his communion. And I I just bless God for that. I was nearly in tears to see it. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I threatened this to be a short sermon. And it is. Is this you this man held by Jesus this man holding a hammer and nails none of us were there when Jesus was crucified how can that be your guy in jeans it's impossible the thing is had we been there had we been there we would have had the hammer and the nails not one of us can say I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been shouting crucify him not me but we would and as soon as we realize that truth that's as soon as we realize why he did it why he allowed himself to be crucified so that we could stand forgiven. This is my favorite picture. I've given it to my son to have in his chaplain of a school and he's got it on his desk. So when the kids come to see him, they see that. And they identify with this guy. Do you? Do you identify with this guy? Do you appreciate that that could be you and I love the fact that he's totally slumped over and I like to think that he has realized he's forgiven and he's just let go and let God hold him and embrace him and impart into him that forgiveness one of the other things we learned in, um, in doing the Armour of God. Lord be with us. When you look at the Armour of God, there's no backplate. There's nothing on your back. And um, that's a bit worrying. I've got the breastplate, and I've got the shoes, and I've got the belt, and I've got the helm, and I've got the sword, and I've got the shield. Why is there no backplate? That's why. Jesus is your backplate. Jesus has you tight in his arms, and he is your backplate. And he's not holding a measuring spoon. He has totally, utterly forgiven.